Welcome to the Gentleman Ultra podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Frank Risotto, and I'm delighted to be joined by uh, one of the nicest and most knowledgeable Torino fans on Calcio Twitter and out there in the universe of football, um, journalist and writer of Toro News and creator of the Intubule podcast, Diego Fonero. Diego, welcome. Hello, Frank. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome and uh, hello, everybody. Yeah, uh, it's great to be here. Thank it's you. A, it's a pleasure to have you. I've wanted to have you on for a while and chat Torino. So, so what is it that makes Torino so special for you? <laughs> a long story. This is a great question. <laughs> this is a great question. I can say that obviously I was born, we can say I'm a lifelong fan and even if I, we can say at one day I started following Torino also from a professional point of view, we can say, and that changed a lot my perception, that changed a lot my uh, my perspective also of the of the team of the club. Uh, but we can say that obviously everything started as a. Uh, lifelong love story <laughs> since I was a really a child. And so you can say it's a family tradition. And it was a crazy journey <laughs> because probably uh, I was born in uh, uh, 1985. And, and so I was really, 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 really young when uh, Torino were uh, probably a great team. We can say a uh, European level team, uh, and we talk about the uh, 92, the 93, that kind of years. And I was really, really young, so I can't really remember what happened in that years. And then when I start, when I grew up, when I, uh, we can say when I uh, was a little older, and then uh, Torino tragically <laughs> uh, uh, fall in a really different situation and you know probably the uh, late 90s uh, the early 2000s were uh, bad years really bad years uh, you know uh, in uh, we leave the, the bankrupt uh, in uh, 2005 and then obviously we can say that it started the the Cairo era in uh, from uh, 2005, uh, 2006, uh, and a lot of things happened from that day. Uh, not everything was <laughs> like we expected, and uh, <laughs> we can say that uh, it, it, it's quite uh, difficult to have a, a good balance of what happened. And so there, there were good things. Uh, one, one good thing for sure was that uh, Torino is still alive, and he, he didn't leave what... Uh, uh, used to live maybe in uh, in the very early years of the 2000s and in the late 90s that it was really, really, really in a bad situation. But, uh, okay, there are also a lot of things that should change, a lot of things that should evolve. And by now it's difficult to predict when and if this will happen. Do you remember... Um life as a supporter in the late 90s and early 2000s, obviously what it was like supporting the team. Um, how frustrating was it to be there in Turin watching the demise of this great club? Uh, we can say that it, it, it was not great from a sport perspective, from a performance per perspective, 
but in that years, uh, uh, Torino fans uh, used to have a really, really great identity. And this is so different from now. Uh, for example, we, we remember then uh, in 2003, we, we had a big, big uh, parade uh, in, in the city streets in which we were more than uh, uh, 50,000. And even if uh, Torino just had been relegated, and uh, it, it was the, we can say, the, the, they called it uh, the Marcia del Orgoglio Granata, we can say March of uh, Granata Pride. And it, it was incredible, if you think about. And this is really, really different from now, because uh, in these uh, 20 years, uh, probably the average age of the fan uh, grew a lot. And so Torino fans got older. I'm the first one that got older, obviously, and even if, luckily I'm still young, but uh, consider that uh, from my perception by now, we are a really, really uh, high average uh, age uh, of uh, Torino fans. And so uh, we didn't get new generation of fans, and this is a big problem. And so the situation is really, really different from the situation of the late 90s of the early 2000, in my opinion. And obviously, this is just my personal opinion and my personal perspective. And so uh, even if the results were really bad, uh, at least we had a strong, strong, strong identity that now is difficult to find. It's, it's difficult to find it even when the results aren't so bad. And that's the reason why, for example, by now, Torino is not so bad. It's not in a... Uh, really, really bad situation from a sporting perspective, but mm, we feel this lack of identity, this lack of uh, proudness, we can say. So what is the club doing to reach out to this new generation of fans, whether it be locally or worldwide? In my opinion, the, the club is not doing enough. It's quite not doing anything at all and to reach new generation. Obviously, it's not the only Italian club that isn't doing so much. So uh, we are probably in a difficult situation for everything related to Italian football. So it's not just something uh, related to Torino Football Club. So I'm not, I'm not telling you that Torino Football Club is the worst club in Italian football. No, I'm not saying so. Uh, that would be too much. Uh, obviously, it's not the reality. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that, uh, for example, we are doing very few things uh, in terms of uh, uh, marketing, of communication, of uh, uh, creating a powerful brand. Uh, for example, in my, in my opinion, the brand, the Torino brand is not so powerful and that should be really 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 more powerful considering the history considering the heritage considering what happened to this club during the years and we probably deserve something something different something more and an example i i, I just wrote it in these days on, on twitter it was part of, of a bigger conversation but in my opinion it's an interesting part and a big example is what happened to the museum, uh, considering that uh, even if Torino has a huge history, uh, also, a, a, we have to admit, also a tragic history in some of these parts, uh, even if Torino has a huge history, um, 
we didn't have an official museum. We, we just have uh, an official museum run by, run by volunteers that are obviously uh, great volunteers. Uh, we are lucky to have this kind of volunteers, but they are just volunteers. The museum is not backed by uh, the club. Uh, and it would be really, really easy to do so. Uh, it would be enough, for example, to have a sponsorship or to have a, a sustain it. It never happened, never. Uh, in, That's uh, a, more than I find that amazing considering yeah, a, I know, the, I know it's the history of the club in Philadelphia yeah. and the infrastructure there. So they have no affiliation to the museum. Absolutely no affiliation. Wow, okay. uh, they are just, we can say, um, but not even baked by the club. They are uh, just recognized by the club, but the club is not kind of sustained uh, to the museum. The museum is not even in Torino. Uh, it's close to Torino, but it's not even in Torino. And, and obviously the project would be to create this museum close to the Philadelphia as part of the Philadelphia venue. Uh, but at the moment, it's not happening. Um, remember that Philadelphia was, uh, we can say, be rebuilt five years ago. So mm -hmm. it's a long time. It's not something <laughs> uh, easy to... to, to um, in five years, probably, if you really want to do something, you, could, you can at least start to do something. It's not happening. And so we can say that this is not the best situation and probably Torino FC history deserves something more, in my opinion. So is that the, the, uh, that's the, the best and worst thing about supporting Torino? That's definitely the worst thing about supporting Torino. Yeah, <laughs> lack of identity and their, um, their, their realisation of their history and, what, and what's in front of them. It's like they don't see, they don't see it for themselves. Yeah, when, yeah. It's some, when it's something that's so special, it's such a special story. Um, when you we take into account Superga and everything that's gone, um, that's happened there, and, and it's gone gone by. Um, so yeah. going going back to probably happier times, do you remember the first time you you went to the stadium to watch Torino and how that came about? Uh, I remember the first time, even if I still not remember what match was. So I have. Uh, uh, I can say, yeah, memories, but um, I, I can't remember exactly what, what match was. And probably it was, we can say, mid-90s. So not really, really when I was really, really young, because even, you know, uh, I have to come back at the time and telling you that my, the biggest fan in my family was my grandmother. And, and so my grandmother was a lifelong fan, but not really, really um, present at the stadium. So we can say that she went to the stadium one, two times uh, for a year. And she basically, at least when, when I was young, when she was younger, she went to the stadium many, many more times. And, and so um, my parents weren't so, so, so uh, addicted to the stadium. And so 
uh, we can say that I started going to the stadium when I was the one telling to everyone, please bring me to the stadium. <laughs> and so I was about, we can say, I was nine years old, something like this. So probably in 94, 95 or something like this. And, and so these were my, my first memories. Uh, for example, I, I, I clearly remember that when I watching, when I watched uh, Torino for one of the first times at the stadium, one of the players were, was uh, Moreno Longo. And this was, this was funny because I started my, we can say my journalistic uh, career for Torino, covering Moreno Longo uh, teams uh, for uh, youth football. And so it was a sort of connection, uh, always funny. Yeah, it brings you, bring you back full circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. So in, in Turin itself, do you find there is a lot of supporters that will watch Torino on television, for example, if they can, but not actually attend the stadium? Whereas in a, for Juventus, obviously, you know, aside from last year when there was a few empty seats, uh, it's it's predominantly a full stadium or a full match day experience. Yeah, we can say there are probably three factors. The first one is that in general uh, we are less uh, involved than before. As a, uh, this is something we can't deny because it's not the same thing. So there are less affection than before. Uh, there is less affection for quite every every football uh, uh, team in Italy, and obviously the younger generation are less interested in uh, played football, and that's a fact. But obviously, Torino's situation is uh, worse probably uh, that that the other clubs, uh, because as I told you before, uh, we are really, really, really getting old. As a, uh, as a we as can a say as a. The yeah, supporter base yeah, is yeah. getting older, yeah, the average yeah, age yeah. of the fans. Uh, uh, this, this is the first fact. We have a secondary fact that is uh, probably there are a lot of people that are uh, um, not going to the stadium saying uh, that it's a sort of, we can say, uh, opposition to this club, to this property, to Urbano Cairo. And I don't really like this kind of approach, even if I understand the reason I, I'm pretty sure that the club must be supported anyway. So they're not and supporting so, the they're not supporting the club in protest. Yeah, but yeah. at least the team. If you not don't support the club, you should support at least the team. You should support at least the player. In my personal opinion, I know it's difficult, but that should be that should happen. Yeah. So is is Cardo is Cardo is Cardo seen over there as a a hero or a villain? <laughs> Uh, by now, it's considered much more a villain by a lot of people. It, it, it's not a villain, obviously. It's not just a villain. Obviously, it's not even just a hero. Uh, probably something... In between. In the middle, <laughs> in between. And I, I, I can't deny that I would like something more for my club. I can't deny this. And... But this this doesn't mean that Cairo is the uh, worst possible president for Torino because I know there are much worse uh, uh, properties around here. Uh, but um, probably we deserve something more. 
But I, I'm not talking about uh, the value of the players. I'm not talking about the uh, money spent in terms of uh, investment for players. I'm talking about the club itself. Yeah. So the brand, the marketing, the communication. Uh, we are lack, uh, lacking, for example, the female team. We don't have a women team. And we are probably by now the only or, or something like this uh, club, uh, Serie club without a women team. And that is, a, again, a big waste in terms of marketing, a big waste in terms of uh, uh, possibility to reach new generation and to reach female uh, fans. And in my opinion, this is one of the various, one of the many problems we have. So is the club looking to to reach out to move into women's football that you know of or at the moment no interest no 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 they're not doing so they again are not doing so Mm. Uh, i don't know why to be frank really i I can't understand why because for example they they were forced to run a youth sector because it's mandatory by seria so if you play seria football for men you should have a women youth sector but you are not forced to have a women club in seria by now probably one day it will happen and torino will be absolutely not ready to do so mm-hmm. and this a big fail in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure it's such a a big market and an ever-growing market nowadays it's crazy for the club not to have any sort of footprint in Turin with a, a women's side and a women's team yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really strange because it would have been also a big opportunity but we are not getting this opportunity. So you talked about the average age before. So is this in regards to a lot of kids? I'm guessing a lot of the kids in Turin, do the large majority all support Juventus or are there any young kids coming through? Does the club doing anything for schools, local footballers, junior programs, anything like this that you know of? Or it's still no, it's a part of that big picture, no. Unluckily, we have we are really really doing uh, not what we should do. And okay, obviously there are family traditions, so we still have kids uh, supporting Torino, probably backed by <laughs> their parents. Uh, but mm, the club is doing uh, really really. It's yeah, not doing the best things for for younger generation. Also, in terms of playing football, because for example, we didn't we don't even have a place where all the Granata kids could play. Uh, there is a project for a sporting center. We have this project. It 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 has been revealed about seven years ago, and nothing happened. Nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing. <laughs> wow. it's, in, it's a ruin, the place where that should be built. It's just a ruin. It's not happening. And it's extremely difficult, for example, to find information for uh, uh, football schools. Uh, I have, I, my son is uh, quite, is uh, going to be five years old mm-hmm. and... I, I tried to understand uh, how the, the the football school is working. Uh, if um, I can uh, probably send my my son to uh, a, a class or something like this, and I, I didn't find any information on the website. The website is not even updated. Uh, 
Uh, we have uh, news uh, from 2018. Uh, we absolutely don't need it. Yeah. And, and so... It's amazing. It's just, the, it's the, the, the real perception is that uh, there isn't attention to what people expect from the club. Mm. That's from, amazing. From a professional sporting club. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And from such a, a professional sporting club, yeah. so not just the... Yep. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Yep. So let's talk about the uh, the Invincible Air podcast that you did. Um, so this tells the the legend of the Grande Torino, the team that, um, of course, on the 4th of May, 1949, uh, passed away in the tragedy of Sepetica. Um, the podcast is available for everyone. Um, it's, it's all in Italian. Hopefully one day you will release yeah. it in English because it's a, it's a beautiful story. You, to, you tell the tale so well. Um, how did the podcast come about and what was the idea behind it? Yeah, uh, it's a long story you can say. Again, I, 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 we can say that I started uh, um, learning about what happened in Superga when I started being uh, a Torino fan. So it was, again, uh, my grandmother that uh, we could say that uh, uh, she told me a lot of times the story of Grande Torino, the story of Superga. Uh, it was quite, uh, we can say, of um, my children's story, uh, my favorite bedtime story. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, it's a story that is really part of me. It's really part of my experience. It, it really, it's really part of my uh, approach to football, uh, approach to sports uh, in, in general. And so uh, when I started working uh, professionally in my agency, because my, my, my real job is I, I'm a social media professional. I work for a, a communication agency developing social media strategies, we can say. And when I started working for some podcasts, uh, in my agencies, obviously totally different podcasts. <laughs> and I, in, I started having the idea of running my own podcast. Uh, and it was natural to think about uh, this big story because it's really part of me. And, and so uh, I started working on it. It was much easier doing so uh, at the beginning because we were in, in the lockdown. <laughs> So even if it wasn't a great moment for the humanity, we can say, uh, at least it was a great moment uh, in terms of having time to uh, write and to record my, my, my podcast. Everything is made by me. So I am the producer, I am the author, I am the uh, speaker, I am the, the one-man show. Uh, Audio technician, I am every, everything in that podcast, so it totally made my me. And it, obviously, it, it takes me a lot of time, and, and that's the reason why it's not so updated by now as I would like to do. But uh, you know, it's not a project that has a end date, and so I ought to have time to doing so. And even if this means to uh, run an episode every three months, uh, I will go on and I will try to tell everything about the Grand Torino. So it's an ongoing project, we can say. Because there's a lot of um, books and stories and movies about this team. Um, and they're obviously very special. And 
And even if you do visit to Pedagarten, you don't support Torino, it's hard not to get uh, emotional and not hard to get invested in the team and in the story. And you can see Philadelphia from Superga, and you can see Superga from you know almost everywhere in Turin. It's it's hard. It's right there. It's in your face all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can say that what happened in Superga is uh, part of our heritage. Is part of our uh, history. Uh, Sometimes it's also something heavy to bring. Like a, like a burden? Yeah, yeah. On the we can say yeah. so because uh, uh, probably the fact that uh, Torino never, never, never been so great uh, after Superga, that it's quite impossible because by now uh, it will be... Uh, we have to be honest, it would be impossible to be like that team because no one will never be like that team. It's not just a matter of winning matches. It's not just a matter of winning uh, uh, leagues uh, because there are other teams that won even more leagues in a row. So it's not, it's not just something of, that means winning uh, uh, leagues in a row. Tor- Grande Torino was something more than just a winning team. Uh, it was... Uh, uh, we can say also a symbol of uh, uh, the Italy restarting after the war. Uh, it was a bridge between what happened before of the war and after the war. Uh, it was, a, we can say, a, also a, a cultural asset for the whole Italy. It's not, it wasn't just something for the Torino fans. And so it's impossible to leave again that kind of feeling. And uh, obviously, from a sporting perspective, it's also by now impossible to uh, re-win like what like the team did. And okay, and this is something impossible. It's not a problem. Uh, we don't expect to have a Grand Torino again. We don't even want to have a Grand Torino again because that wouldn't be the Grand Torino. Uh, obviously, we would like to have this uh, heritage. Uh, more valued, more uh, uh, leveraged, more uh, spread all around the world. So it, it, the cultural uh, heritage of Torino will be something that can uh, bring Torino not at the same level of the big clubs from a uh, performance point of view, but at least at the level of the big clubs from a uh, historical point of view. And this is something that is not happening by now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tragic story and it's a sad tale, but um, a legacy that will live on forever. Correct? Long before we're gone. Yeah. Or long yeah, after we're yeah, gone. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, can you give us a um, quick rundown on the podcast and and the episodes and and how you've formatted it, and also. Um, about the tale of Gigi Moroni, for those that don't know the story, a, a quick summary of his character and his life and why he's so special to many people in Turin as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, starting from the podcast, I, I, I can say I'm, I'm running a chronological uh, narrative. And so I started from the very beginning. Uh, so 
how the Grande Torino was made possible. Uh, so uh, starting from the 20s, uh, from the 30s, what happened uh, in that years. And then uh, when uh, Ferruccio Novo, that was the president, it was, we can say, the uh, maker of Grande Torino, uh, <coughs> how it started his work, uh, uh, who were uh, his... Uh, um, we can say the, the man in which he put trust to help him uh, uh, creating the team. And then I started uh, uh, narrating the different seasons and the players uh, that were uh, uh, step by step a part of the team. And so we can say it's a chronological narrative. And if we talk about uh, what you just said about uh, Gigi Meroni, the history is quite known uh, in, here in Italy. Uh, in the 60s, it was, it was probably the most uh, talented, the most skilled uh, Italian players. He, <laughs> we could say, eventually started uh, uh, playing for Torino. And we Torino fans were really, really lucky to have uh, this kind of players. And then uh, he tragically died in a car accident, uh, just uh, crossing the street. Uh, it was hit by, by a car. And we can also say that the uh, funny, but not so funny, it, um, it's a bitter fun. <laughs> uh, funny part of the story is that the guy that was running the car uh, eventually became a Torino president uh, in uh, 2000. Uh, it was called... Uh, uh, Attilio Romero, um, not a president to be remembered, probably. <laughs> uh, and then um, th that was a big, big tragedy. We can say another one of the big tragedies for uh, for Torino history. Um, yeah, we have a lot of um, we can say heritage uh, related to what happened to, to Gigi Meroni because it was not just a skilled player, uh, but it was, uh, uh, we can say also the best expression of his time. Uh, it was uh, really, really a 60s guy uh, with a big uh, fantasy um, out of the classic uh, and the conventional rules. Uh, and People used to love him uh, a lot, and that was probably a big, 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 uh, again, <laughs> a big tragedy for the fans uh, and for the Italian football in general. Mm. And, and so this is another story that deserves to be narrated, and one day I hope to do so. <laughs> Even, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of heavy burden and, like, negative, uh, like, tragic sort of tragic legacies around the club isn't there like it's, it's not yeah. a, a lot a lot of positive sort of like you said after Sepetiga like where can you go from there there's it's so hard and so difficult to replicate any form of success on the field for the club yeah it's, it's sad really yeah 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 we can say so yeah. even again we don't really need to replicate that kind of sporting results uh, we would this is obviously just my my opinion uh, in my opinion the most important thing would be to at least uh, evaluate and see really really uh, evaluated what happened and what is our history what is our heritage yeah so what's the what's 
to turn it to a positive, what's the, the best thing about supporting Torino? Yeah, the sense of proudness, mm-hmm. absolutely, because we can say that everyone is proud of what uh, being a Torino fan means. And um, it couldn't be like this because, in my opinion, it's something to be really, really, really proud of. And that's a, a big part. And also, the, we can say the, the feeling of being <laughs> not in the best place to be, but uh, in the one that represents us more. And so this is something that can't uh, uh, fade away. And I hope this will last a lot. That this will, will last also uh, in the next years, uh, in decades, and maybe centuries. The next generation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, a perfect ending. I, I hope so. I hope so for you and for a lot of the other Torino fans I know because the, the club and all the supporters deserve much better. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks, Diego, for your time today. It's been really fun to chat and to to see life uh, as a, on, on the perspective of a Torino fan in Turin and one that works so closely there with the football. Um, the Invincibile podcast is available on all the audio platforms, as we said. Yeah. You can, um, where can people find you if they want to follow you on Twitter or social media, for example? Yeah, yeah, I'm quite everywhere. So I'm Diego Fronero quite everywhere in every social media. So particularly <laughs> on Twitter is the place in which I talk more about football. So I'm there. <laughs> well, thanks very much for your time, Diego. Take care. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. It was uh, really great to be guest of this podcast and I hope to hear you soon. That was a great conversation with Diego. Um, a different perspective, I guess, from a supporter who's living in the city in Italy and one, of course, that's very passionate and knowledgeable about his team. Um, he's a great, great follow on Twitter at Diego Fornero, F-O-R-N-E-R-O, all one word. And his podcast, Invincibile Podcast, is available on all media platforms. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast where you can. Every little bit helps. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Take care, everyone, and enjoy your culture.